0: Hi this is Pat Hobbs, welcome to the Freedom Project. Well, this is our first broadcast and I'd like to tell you first off a little bit about myself. I'm 62 years old, I've been diagnosed with cancer, uh, colorectal cancer, so I am facing my own mortality, I am disabled, have a lot of physical problems at the moment, and it's made me actually look inward. An inward search to ask a lot of questions that maybe I should have addressed earlier in my life, but I didn't, and now I have a pressing need to to answer those questions, and I've decided to take you along on the trip. And I can't say that uh, I'm an unbeliever because I can tell you with most certainty, and 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 I'll tell you why I believe that in a little while. But I can tell you with all certainty there is a God, and Jesus is the Son of God. So, there have been many books written upon the subject, and many radio programs, and uh, quite a bit of information proving the historical account of Jesus. So, I would say even even the, the skeptics would have to admit that the historical Jesus was a fact that some 2,000 years ago he did live on this earth, he had a ministry, and a following, and he was crucified by the Romans. So then we have some people that start to speculate that, you know, was it a hoax? Did we have people that stole his body and he really never came back to life? Or were there just exaggerations, uh, mass hypnosis, people proclaiming that they saw him in bodily form after he was killed on that cross with two, with two of our other thieves? So th- these these kinds of questions have been going around for centuries. And then people in our own day would say well hey it's been 2,000 years if he's real well, why hasn't he come back has he just left us hanging out there in the wind so these are some of the things we'll talk about and I won't be referencing any Bible um, literature scriptures I won't be referencing I won't be referencing any Bible scriptures this this particular um, episode. Because I'm going to tell you how I feel and what my questions are, and we can go from there. So, if you knew you were going to die, what would be the most important question on your mind? What's going to happen to me? You know, is this is it going to hurt? Am I going to be alone when it happens? Am I going to make a fool out of myself? Or you know, if am I even going to be myself? You know, sometimes when. You know, we go downhill. Um, we dementia sets in. We're often not in control of our faculties, you know, mentally or physically. Um, if we're too far out of it, it probably doesn't matter if we're embarrassed because we won't know. But if we have a hint of who we were, uh, do we do we become fearful? You know, in that loop of you know, I know this is happening, and fear sets in. But now I do have my faculties, and I'm forced to ask some very important questions. So I'll begin. How do I know that Jesus is real? Has he ever talked to me? Well, not as you would talk to other humans (laughs) or family or friends. It just hasn't happened that way for me. Uh, Some people I have talked to say they have had heard an audible voice. And I'm not, I'm not discounting them because uh, God certainly works in strange ways. I've seen him work many, many, many times using providence. And I think that's probably uh, more the case of what we all witness today. Uh, Miracles, as I read them in the Bible, and I said I wouldn't be quoting scripture, but I, I do feel compelled to say this, that... Almost every time that I've read about a miracle in the Bible, it was to show the glory of God at a certain time and in a certain place so that they would believe and that we could believe. So are we at an advantage or a disadvantage being some 2,000 years later in the timeline? We have the complete story. Many of the apostles and the everyday lay folk of the time just had current events so would it be more difficult for you to believe that a figure, a person, claiming to be God some 2,000 years ago, and we know that, well, millions and millions of people believed upon his name, we've heard countless stories of miracles that happened upon his name, or to believe that a carpenter's son, someone we may have seen or we, we, we've we known that he was really God. I've often wondered who's really at the disadvantage. Those of us that walked with Jesus or those of us that get the complete story and the Holy Spirit some 2000 years ago. Just a matter of perspective. I think God answers all of us in a very unique way. I, I, I can't even say that one would be better or worse than the other because God answers us all. He answers all prayer. I'm, I'm convinced of that. So does that mean that When Jesus said, when two or more of you are gathered in my name, I am there. Well, he also said that anything that was asked in his name, he would do. I got kind of caught up on that one because I thought, well, a lot of things don't happen when we ask for it. But he was speaking to the disciples, not to all of humanity and certainly not to us 2,000 years later. Does that mean God won't answer prayers? No, he does. He answers every single prayer and he listens. I'm convinced of that. So, what I'm trying to say is, he does answer, but it's not always in the time frame we expect or we require. And it's not always the answer that we want. Um, for instance, I have cancer. I could very easily die of it. I pray to God that I won't have cancer. Is that going to be answered? Will it be a miracle that it goes into remission and just no longer shows up with the medical tests? Does God have the power to do that? <laughs> he most, most certainly does. He most assuredly does. Is he going to do that for me? Uh, if it's his will and to show the glory of God, he certainly has the power to do that. Is he going to answer my prayer to take that cancer away? It'll go away. When I die, the cancer stops, doesn't just keep living. But that's really not the answer I want, is it? No. Um, If I go to be with the Lord in heaven, does the cancer continue? Well, most everybody would agree that I'm not going to have cancer up in heaven. So it just may not be in my time frame that I am asking for, or I think that God should do, or I expect of him, and that's on me. So I do understand how my own healing may be presented, and it will just really be according to God's will. So is he going to let me go before my appointed time, before I have something that I'm supposed to do, something I'm supposed to share? I don't think so. If he has a plan, and he does for each of us, um, we're not going to pass away until that, that plan comes to fruition could be something as simply as talking to somebody. It could be these words that I'm speaking right now. It could be, <laughs> My, the the plan could be over. I, I don't know what he has in store for me. So I'll just keep on taking one step after the other until I figure it out. And um, since I'm not one of those that are lucky enough to hear God's voice, I'll have to rely on his word. And that word is the Bible. I've heard it said before, people ask the questions, how can we tell that it's reliable? There's so many kinds of Bible, so many translations. How do we know what's, what's legit and what's just a knockoff or a forgery? And, and you got to have some faith. Pray about it. If something seems a little bit fishy, you know, it, it usually is. Pray for discernment from the Holy Spirit. How will you know if it's the Holy Spirit talking to you? Well... I don't believe the Holy Spirit will have you do anything that is not in line with God. He will not speak against what's written in his own word. So back to the original question of how can you tell what Bible is legitimate or not? I don't speak Greek. I don't speak Hebrew. Uh, There are a lot of scholarly people that do, and thank God that they've come up with some, uh, what they say are real reliable translations according to the original language. And again, you have to have faith. And I think that I would, uh, look for a, a Bible that is easy to understand, you know, wherever you at, wherever you're at in life. If it's difficult for you to read and you're just not picking up what it's saying, it's really not a reflection on you. It just means that maybe a different Bible would be better suited to your needs. And I've, I've found that as well. I, I think the King James version is beautiful. I love the the poetry of it. I, I like the way the words roll off when when uh, speaking, reading psalms. And it's just that I find it very difficult to understand sometimes. I, I can get the concept of what it's usually the gist of what it's trying to be um, come across, but a lot of the nuances are, are, are lost just because it's an archaic language. It's changed so much over the years. And I understand that many of the words that we use in English now meant something totally different at the time they were written in the old English language. So a skeptic would say, well, why would God let this happen? Well, it's, it's still very reliable. And as I say, probably the fault would lie on us for turning to a Bible that we may not understand. There are plenty of them out there in plain English, so that's what I would recommend to you. Find a Bible that you're comfortable with and one that you uh, is easily read and understandable, and you'll help yourself. So listening to the Spirit, that's another question that should be addressed. You have a, a lot of different people saying they're getting different instructions from the Holy Spirit. Kind of confusing, isn't it? You'll have one uh, uh, person that'll say, oh, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me to do this. He gave me a word this morning. And I scratch my head and I say, well, I didn't, get, I didn't get that word. And the guy next to me here doesn't hear those words either. So um, are there prophets today? Well, I know in the end times, though there's a time throughout history where the prophets go silent. But near the end, the end uh, of the kingdom, yeah, there will be a time where we will prophesy again. We will have dreams. We will speak in tongues. Oh, okay. That is another interesting phenomenon we should probably address. Speaking in tongues, is it biblical? Yeah. Pentecost, that's where it all began. So what was it initially used for? People would speak in actual languages that would be understood by others that were present. And they marveled at these, these seemingly uneducated fishermen were able to speak in their own native language, praising, praising God. And it led them to a belief in, in God and Jesus. Jesus was the only begotten Son. It, it was truly, truly a miracle. So, we have some people that say that you must duplicate that gift today in order to prove your salvation. It is a sign of salvation. And I would simply ask the gifts. It's a gift. We all have different parts of the body of Christ, the body referring to the church. You know, some are our helps, some are pastors, some people have discernment. There's many gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's many gifts of the Holy Spirit. And to just single one out and say you need to demonstrate that gift, everybody needs to be afoot or you're not walking into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, maybe roughly illustrated, but that's what you, what many people would say. No, you don't have to have a particular gift, and you don't have to speak in tongues. Um, and it says that the Bible says clearly that when we do, there should be an interpreter present. Or we would confuse people that maybe don't understand what's going on. Uh, get a little scared you walk into a room, people jumping around and uh, all saying different syllables that, that make no sense to you. And there's not anybody telling you what's happening. How does that edify or bring up the body of Christ? So we all have gifts of the Holy Spirit and different gifts according to his will. So I'm going to try and tie this up before I end this program today. I can tell you for a fact that Jesus is the son of God. It's not a question. It's more like a question of what do we do with that knowledge? Just because you know something mentally, does it make you act upon it? Or can you shove it into a corner when real life pokes its head up and says, Hey, yo, this is what's going on at the moment. Or do you tuck it away to bring it out when you need comfort or you need healing or you need God? That's what we do. I'm convinced, at least a lot of us do. We, we treat God as a cosmic vending machine, you know, grace on demand, because maybe we feel a little bit lost, or maybe we get a glimpse of who we really are, and we don't like it, and we know where we'll be heading because of it, because the penalty of sin is death. It's true. Um, not one of us escapes it. We're all sinners. Maybe some of us cover it up better than others, or a lot of us ignore it or justify it, rationalize it, but not one of us, not one of us is good enough. We all fall short of the glory of God, and there's no reason for him to save us. We couldn't earn our way into heaven. There's no amount of nice things or just things that we could do that would show God, hey, I'm I'm really not a bad person. I have some redeeming characteristics, and that's why maybe you should keep me. None of that, really. We all deserve hell. And most of us have broke the uh, commandments, <laughs> at least a few of them. Maybe there's, a, uh, maybe there's some of you out there that haven't broken the big ones. So if you've even thought about some of these sins, it's good enough to if you've actually done them. If you've been really angry with your brother, sister, and wanted to kill them, or thought how much better life would be without somebody on this planet that's causing you irritation, harm, or pain, yeah, you're guilty of murder. And if you've ever lusted after anybody, which in our society, that is a commonly accepted practice, you're guilty of adultery. And have you ever told a lie? Maybe you're not constantly lying about everything in your life. But if you're like me, yeah, you have done it. You've lied. You've um omitted the truth (laughs) on occasion. And it becomes easier and easier as we justify it or we we rationalize it. Everybody does it. So why worry about it? Well, the biggest reason I can tell you why you should worry about it is because it's sin. And sin leads to death. How long could you survive without electricity, without a water supply, days, a week? Ready Christians prepare for crisis events in order to stay safe and assist others. Being ready means you can share the comfort and hope of Jesus Christ, perhaps in someone's most desperate hour. Complete the free readiness profile online at christianemergencynetwork.org. In just a few minutes, you'll know what it takes to be ready to respond to crisis and disaster. That's christianemergencynetwork.org. So you can admit... You're a sinner. Does that mean you have to go around telling everybody your your story, and what every little dirty sin that you've committed, and relive it, and carry it on your shoulder, on your forehead, in on your open hands to everyone you meet, to tell them how bad you were and now you're saved? Some people would say so. That's your testimony. I, I, I would not, because the Bible says that when you ask for forgiveness, It is if you've never committed the sin. God forgets it. So why should you hold on to it? Why would you want to? Because there's a spiritual warfare going on right now. And the devil will tell you that you're a piece of trash. You're not really forgiven. It's too bad. You're going to do it again. You did it again. God's not going to forgive you. Believe me when I tell you there is a spiritual warfare going on right now powers, and principalities, they're going to try and tell you that God doesn't love you, that you're not saved. Don't listen. It's straight from the pits of hell. And distraction abounds. It can be, they call it idolatry. You know, if we think, if something in our life takes on a special significance to the point where it it claims our thoughts, our dreams, our needs, our wants, it becomes an idol. could be music for some people, uh, performing in front of crowds, maybe wanting to be complimented on your attire. I know some people that just don't feel right unless other people give them validation. So they live by the accolades of others to validate themselves, and then they think highly of themselves. Could be we want to be regarded in high esteem by colleagues. We want to be respected. Or maybe it's just something as innocuous of, hey, I like to play games and watch TV. Well, let's not give Satan too much credit, but... If he can make you believe that he doesn't even exist, now listen to that for a minute. If he can make you believe that he doesn't even exist, he's kind of won the game. He's distracted you. So we all need to keep focused, keep our eyes on Jesus, read his word. God's word is in the Bible. You are actually listening to God. That's how he talks to us today. And so many things will jump out of the Bible to your aid when you need them. How does that happen? Is it just happens since you open up the Bible and say, all right, answer my question? I don't think so. The Holy Spirit will lead you in a certain direction, will lead you to a certain answer. And then you will have discernment to know whether that is truly what God is pointing you to. So I think I'm going to leave it here for today. We'll catch up on the next program, episode, whatever you want to call it. And that time I will tell you why I know there's a God, why I know Jesus is real. And I'll tell you about my experience with actual demons. There is a satanic power loose on earth. And many times they do make themselves visible, not only in the actions of humans, but in our uh, our world. You can actually see them demonstrate their power. Sometimes it'll scare the heck out of you too. We'll keep that for the next program. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Pat Hobbs, dealing with a lot of things on my plate, sharing them with you, Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend a little bit of time with me, sharing my life. The program is called The Freedom Project, and I will catch you next time. Pat Hobbs, God bless you, brother and sisters.